on Tuesday nights. All we do is Sports Talk Atlanta. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with host Travis McGee and Jamel Johnson. And, by the way, we talk HBCU first. Then we get you ready for all the sports news of the week around the world. We can't wait for you to stop by Never Had It So Good Sports Radio for the best sports show in America on Tuesday night. Let's go! Good evening to Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis McGee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you tonight? Man, I'm doing outstanding, Jamel. Jamel, here we are. March Madness, baby. Yeah, March Madness. Uh, all the Well, most of the bracket is already decided. We We know the one seeds. Um, and some of the 16 seeds still need to be decided. They're gonna, they have kind of the playing games right now, and so a couple of HBCUs are also in those playing games. We're we're gonna be rooting them on so that they can uh, really go in there and win, and then they can be in that tournament too. Um, but yeah, we're gonna see how it all unfolds these next couple of days. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna see those playing games shape out, and we're gonna know the full bracket. Um, and I'm very very excited to see how everything plays out. Hey, man, that's what I was just about to ask you. Uh, first of all, I want to, before I get started, Jamel, if you don't mind, let our listeners and followers and sponsors know how they can follow us. Yeah, so you guys can follow us on Twitter, Sports Talk ATL1, Instagram, Sports Talk Atlanta, and then Facebook, Sports Talk Atlanta. Once again, that is Twitter, Sports Talk ATL1, Instagram, Sports Talk Atlanta, and then Facebook, Sports Talk Atlanta. Hey, man, sounds good, man. Uh, what I was going to ask you was, not only am I excited that it's March Madness, but what gets to me a little bit is that the play-in games, since they started the play-in games, I know we're going off of the script a little bit, but at the same time, how do you feel about play-in games? Because they used to didn't have them. Yeah, they used to didn't have them. Um, usually just the best team would get in in the record would speak for itself. Um, I, I so Okay, so if we're talking about college basketball, the playing game doesn't bother, bother me as much with college basketball because everything in college basketball is really dependent on who you're playing and your, kind of the conferences you're playing, whether or well, not if the conference are, conferences are, um, they're viewed as less competitive. Some conferences are more competitive than others, obviously. So with the playing game, they're looking at, okay, so we might have one team that's playing in a conference that's less competitive, but they did well in that conference. And then we have another team that's playing in a conference that's very competitive, but they also they, they might have been okay, but we don't know if they should be in that, uh, that tournament. So then you bring these two teams together and basically see which one is the best because you want the best teams playing in uh, the, the tournament. I support it a little more with college basketball, but with the NBA, uh, I feel like it's just, it's just something where I don't want to say a money grab because, 
you know, you don't want to really look at your favorite favorite leagues like that. But at the same time, they're kind of creating that that just vibe where you're you're making kind of making a, trying to make an underdog out of the situation, and you know, really don't know what's kind of like a toss up of like what's going to go down and what's going to happen because you have seven through ten getting in, or you have seven through ten playing through these the the seeding seven through ten playing in these um, turn or these playing games with the right. ten seed. Some a lot of these the ten seed they'll be might have won 20, 30 games that year. And, I mean, it just depends on how everything is shaped out. Um, and then they might have a game where they just play really good against a team that's won 40, 50 games who would have been the seventh seed without the playing game. So I don't support it as much as I do in, um, in the NBA, but I do support it a little bit more uh, in, in NCAA. Hey, man, good answer because of the fact that, like you said, in college, man, yeah. whereas in the NBA, in the NBA, everything's about money. So <laughs> it could be about, excuse me, it could be about money at the same time. Now, this, I'm not a big fan of it, but at the same time, when you really look at it, it gives a team that played good, like you said before, you said this already, but, you know, you're like, uh, I don't know if I want to put them in there or not. Okay, well, let's just let them play in there. If they win, they're in, and if they lock, if they're locked, if they lose, they're out. You know, it's a good way to to, to separate them. You know, a, a mediocre season, but you know they're a good team. But on some nights, they, you know, you're like, well, wait a minute, why should they even be considered? So I get that. I get that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it basically um, puts the – the team in a, their own situation to basically get them in the play the play in, or the playoffs themselves, um, and not to sort of where the committee is kind of picking and choosing you know, who's going to be in the in the uh, tournament because then it kind of creates some some confusion and some a lot of people uh, be upset about that. So like yeah, like I said, I do um, I like what you said, kind of making it to where the best teams are in there and then you give them a chance to go at it. The best team wins. Right. Uh, your future is basically in your hands at that point. And then you can't really say like, oh, well, you know, the committee didn't choose us. Well, they chose you for the playing game, um, but you didn't win, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess I feel like that because usually, of course, the HBCUs, you know, if they don't get in, then they got to go in on the play-in game. And it's like you got to yeah. play to get in. <laughs> And it's always like that, so that's why I talk like that because exactly. I wish more teams of HBCUs in, in conferences like the MEAC and the SWAC. I wish they had more than I wish they took more than just the champion. You know, yeah. You know, I figure that the runner-up, you know, deserves. But that's just me talking. Hey, man, this is Sports Talk Atlanta. I'll never had it so good. Sports Media Network and Radio. Our brand is sport is HBCU sports news and updates. Jamil. Let's get ready to give it to them. Women's college basketball, Norfolk State, 26-6. and six. They beat Howard. This is women's now. They beat Howard, which is 16-14, to the women at MEAC. They are now the 16th seed in the Greenville bracket and will take on the 32-0 University of South Carolina in the first round, Jamel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how I see it, too. Before you say anything, hold on. Also in women, uh, in the SWAC, Southern 
18 and 13 beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is 18 and 14. They beat them 62 to 53 to win the SWAT. They will now take on 18 and 13 Sacred Heart in a matchup to qualify for the tournament. Okay, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a Norfolk State team that's going to take on 32-0 and South Carolina of the SEC? Or do you want to start with Southern? Can they beat Sacred Heart to even get in there? We're talking women's again. Uh, I'm going to go with Southern beating Sacred Heart to get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I this is every year with HBCUs. We always have to take on the number one team in the seed. We're never number number fifteen or number fourteen. It's always number sixteen. So that's why I'm always. That's why I feel like that all the time. I mean, there's, I mean South Carolina didn't lose a game. Yeah, they didn't lose a game. And, and Norfolk State lost six too many. When you when you going up against a team that hadn't lost a game and you've lost six, you've lost six too many. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Definitely. way I see it. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I mean, like you said, South Carolina thirty two and zero, haven't lost a game at all this season. Obviously, the best team, one of the best teams, if not the best team in um, the tournament. And, I mean, you have Norfolk State. They lost six games, but they won 26 of them. Uh, they had, they won six more games. They're just like South Carolina, 32-0. And then that, that comes there, there's, the, there's the question of, okay, say if Norfolk State did go undefeated and they, they went 32-0, would they still be the 16th seed or would they be a 15th or a 14th or a 13th? 26 and 6, that's a really good season. Um, right, and if you if they're in those uh, if they're in those conference, conferences with Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, ACC, uh, SEC, if they're in those conferences, a twenty six and six record is going to get them at least a four seed. I, I say no less than a four seed. That's going to at least get them a four seed. Um, so I feel like Norfolk State should have definitely been higher because now they're yep. tasked with dethroning. <laughs> A 32 and 0 team upsetting a 32 and 0 team, and it's like you want to be excited for them because they made the playoffs. Um, it's always hard to get there, but at the same time, um, it's just it's bittersweet because now it's like, oh, well, they got to play the best team arguably in this con or in this um, tournament. Wow. So that's where my frustration is because you're you're it's like. You don't want to not have faith in them, but it's kind of like you're not really giving them a chance to even go far because they, the first thing they have, they have to do, the first hump that they have to get over, probably the, is the hardest thing that anybody will have to get over in this tournament, and that's beating an undefeated team. So that's, yeah, I don't know. That's definitely an enemy we have other than who has to beat um, which, uh, Sacred Heart. Sorry. They have to beat right. Sacred Heart to even get in the, play, uh, the playoffs and then they're going to have to play because they're going to be the 16th seed, so then they're going to have to play another number one seed. So that's right there. You have – that's another thing with the playoff playing game is that it creates a sense of fatigue for the team that has to play in the play, playing game because exactly. that's one game. 
Yeah, that's one game that they had to play. That's one game that they had to play before the actual tournament, before they travel to play the team that uh, they have to beat to, in order to advance. So now, now, that, yeah. now, now that our legs are all tired, that you know, after the game, you're tired. Your legs are worn out because you've been running down the court. And then they tell you, hey, now you're able to play in the tournament. And you're going, hooray for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this this nonsense has got to end at some point, man. But I don't know. It's not just me, obviously. And it's always to the HBCU. It's crazy. But, hey, man, we're going to move right along, man. Um, Last year, champion was South Carolina in women. Yeah, so they're the defending champions. <laughs> they're the defending champions in the 32-0, and 0, Jamel. Yeah. Wow, what a monster. <laughs> what a monster, man. Wow. What a month. They were last year's defending champions of women's basketball at the NCAA level. They come right back this year, and they have a tremendous coach. Tremendous. Don Staley. Tremendous. I mean, we're talking NBA, I mean, WNBA career. We're talking Olympics. We're talking the whole nine yards, man. He's a great coach, man. And then you got, I mean, but you know we got we can't stay there because of time. But at the same time, man, I just feel for those young ladies over at Norfolk State coming out. You know, and you just got to keep your head up no matter what. You know, so I man, I, I wish them all the loving, man. I, I just hope that um, you know it really comes about that they can really. Uh, pull off something, you know, unprecedented, man, and and hopefully they can get in. Hopefully Southern can. Uh, I think they. I think that they can be Sacred Heart, and I think that they'll get in. Let's go to the men's college basketball. Amen. I watched this game. Uh, Howard, they beat Norfolk State. Howard was twenty-two and twelve. Norfolk State was twenty-two and eleven. They beat them sixty-five, sixty-four to win the MEAC. Now it's the sixteen C. They will face defending champion. There it is again. There it is again, Jamel. (laughs) Top seed of Kansas. It said, we'll face defending national champion. Top seed of Kansas, who is 27 and 7 on the year. On the other hand, Texas Southern, they upset Gremlin. Now, Texas Southern was 14 and 20, but they had a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. Uh, so, but they upset Groundland, who was twenty-four and nine in the SWAC championship, sixty-one to fifty-eight. So now they will face fairly Dickerson, who's nineteen and five in, in a matchup to qualify for the tournament. Oh boy, oh boy, I don't know Texas Southern. You know they're fourteen and twenty, and. Um, I know Fairleigh Dickerson is, has a better record than that, but I'm, I'm still going to go with Texas Southern, man. Uh, Howard is going to be just good. They're there. They haven't been there since 1992. So they're there. I'm happy for them. I'm happy that they were able to chant 
when they heard their name called, well, they punched their own ticket, but when they heard their name called, they were like all the other schools around the country, happy, really happy. And I was just happy to see them happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I like I, I'm definitely going for Texas Southern as well. Even though they are 14 and 20, like you said, they did have injuries. Uh, but this is a team that does have heart. They're not going to give up. We saw they upset Grampling, who had a single-digit losing season, 24 and nine, um, in the SWAC championship, 61 to 58. That was a really good game. Uh, and then, like I said, they're 14 and 20 going to into this game, 19 and 15. Sarah Dickinson, I believe that they have the tools to go in there and I mean they are the sort of underdog so they have to go in there with that mentality that nobody is expecting them to win um and I think that going in there sometimes the underdog mentality because you really don't have anything to lose that can light some fire up under you um and get you to kind of go out there and play a little bit harder than you normally would so I mean they had the tools to be grambling I think they have the tools to be fair Dickinson as well it's going to be tough and it's definitely going to be a close game, um, but also obviously I'm going for them. Howard, who has to face the uh, defending champion Kansas, that's going to be a very, very tough game. And I feel like, honestly, it's just going to come down to one of these years where the HBCU or the 16-seeded HBCU, because they're not going to stop um, putting us there, but the 16-seeded HBCU is going to have to knock off the number one seed so uh, one of these years, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't know if it's going to be next year. I hope it's going to be this year. But, you know, we don't know when it's going to be. But whenever that day happens, I feel like that's when we're going to start seeing HBCUs getting higher seeds. But until then, we're going to have to continue to just fight the the silent fight. Um, we're still going to talk about it, obviously. Still going to talk about it and bring awareness to it. And hopefully some change can get done that way. But if we, you know, if you look at history and anybody who's been oppressed or been bullied or, you know, same thing keeps happening to them over and over again, um, they don't get anywhere without doing anything. The chance to do something is right now we have two. We have the women, uh, Norfolk State, who are facing the number one seed, South Carolina, and then we have Howard, who's facing the number one seed, Kansas, uh, both defending champions. So the time is now to do something, uh, and, you know, we're going to see how it shakes out. Yep. Well. Look at this. We're going to move right along. Tougaloo College. They, the, the men, they advanced to NAIA Tournament Regional Finals as they won 74-68 to 68 over St. Thomas University. This is the furthest Tougaloo has ever advanced in NAIA Men's Basketball Tournament. They are the one of two HBCUs remaining along with Langston. Now, Langston, they will face Georgetown, Kentucky, as they look to beat them in advance to the regional finals with Tougaloo. Amen. Shouts out to Tougaloo College and shouts out to Langston, man. Hopefully they both can um, – this is NAIA, but the NAIA is also just as competitive as the NCAA, so they have nothing to hang their heads on, uh, both Tougaloo and Langston. Uh, we're going to move right along. The teams. For the second annual, this is the second annual HBCU All-Star Game, which is basketball, has been announced. The game will feature 24 top-level HBCU players from around the country. This is going to be really happening in Houston, Texas, on April 2nd at 4 o'clock. And the teams 
will be named after Grambling State alumni Lewis, uh, Willis Reed, Lewis, Willis Reed, and Tennessee State's Dick Barnett. Hey, Amen. First of all, have you ever heard of Willis Reed? I believe I have heard of Willis Reed. Uh, did he did he play in the NBA or? Oh my God, man! I, I believe I have heard of that name. Uh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> Jamel, I hope nobody's listening. <laughs> Look out your window, man! It might be people pulling up at your house. <laughs> <laughs> they might be buzzing. Willis Reed. <laughs> Did he play, man? He played for the New York Knicks. And Willis Reed is in the Hall of Fame in the NBA. And he is famous for a game he went out of hurt. Uh, you could Google it. Yeah. He was hurt. He was hurt in the Madison Square Garden. In some kind of miraculous way, man, he came back out there, man. And they won the game. New York Knicks, when the Knicks were winning in their heyday. And they're hating so like Willis the, Reed from, from Gremlin State University. This is like the 70s, right? The, that's when the Knicks were on top. Right, right, right. And uh, Willis Reed was part of those great teams, part of those great Knicks teams. And, uh, amen, uh, first of all, I want to shout out to, to the Willis Reed team and to the Dick Barnett team for this uh, great our game that was put together, man. I think it was some great stuff, man. By by, you know, this is the second annual, and also we're gonna see at draft time who comes out of that All Star game, just like the NFL, the HBCU combine, and they had the regular combine. You know, the HBCU. First of all, we had a we had a HBCU All Star game, football All Star game. So that was our that was the HBCU best. Then you had the HBCU combine, and now you have pro days. So. We're going to see now with basketball. Now we have the, 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 the all-star game here. We're going to continue to see what's happening. I got my eyes wide open and I got my radars up on every little breath that is taken from draft day. I'm looking. That's not taking away from any other talent. I'm just looking at the talent that's sitting there in HBCUs, and I want to see that are they going to be picked. Simple, simple. Hey, look yeah. at this. We're going to go to a commercial, and when we come back, we got more exciting sports news here on Sports Talk Atlanta. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. We'll be right back. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. But we built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. Hey, South Carolina. Greetings from music recording artist Marcus Allen. Our accountants at Javis Tax Service won the state's best tax office in the state. They're open year-round to serve you from Columbia's only drive through office. Give them a call, 803-419-1001. That's 803-419-1001. Never
And we're back. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, in the state of Georgia, this doesn't happen too much, but in the state of Georgia, in March Madness, we do not have University of Georgia or Georgia Tech. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow is right, sir. Not only wow, so in Georgia, we have to be represented by somebody. And that somebody is little old um, Kennesaw State University. Isn't that something, man? Kennesaw State, yeah. <laughs> that is something, man. Now, I I have seen it. I have seen it where University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Georgia State were in there. Mm, yeah, I, I, Georgia State has been in it for a couple of years straight, I remember. They're, they're, right. That's what's pretty good over the past couple of years. Going in, that helps them with recruitment. That helps them overall, period, you know. And, hey, man, that's good for them. Man, I remember I lived outside of Kennesaw. Marietta is outside of Kennesaw. I mean, when you're coming up 75, you get to Marietta and then Kennesaw and then Atworth. I used to live in Atworth um, when I first got married and, you know, so having children and whatnot. My thing is it was Kennesaw College at that time. And it was nothing but pine trees all around there. Mm. All around there. Everywhere. Everywhere. And we're talking Division Two at that time. <laughs> Which we're talking what, nineties, late eighties, nineties? Basically all of the nineties, but basically. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they started knocking trees down. They've always had a tremendous baseball program, always. They're, they're, even right now, you can look at them, Kennesaw State's going to be somewhere in the mix in baseball. Yeah. <clears throat> I say that to say I watched them grow from Kennesaw State College to Kennesaw State University, and now they have a football team that's highly recognized. They have a great baseball team program. And now the basketball team's off the chain. For me to sit back and see them grow, man, they, they, they've done some wonderful things in Kennesaw. You can get a great education right there in that mountain because, you know, it's called, you know, they have a mountain called Kennesaw, Kennesaw Mountain. Everything's Kennesaw, you know. Uh, you have Kennesaw Stone Hospital, Kennesaw State University. You have Kennesaw Mountain. So there's a lot of little things around there that you can enjoy yourself. And there's a lot of buildup in Kennesaw you know, with restaurants and rest, uh, uh, hotels and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice little spot. And then, um, you know, they play some HBCUs in football. They play Clark Atlanta in football. Um, uh, uh, they play some, some schools in basketball and baseball that are HBCUs. So, um, you know, it's pretty good, you know, pretty good program. And they're Division One now. So shout out to them. Hopefully they'll have a they'll have a, a, you know a pretty good time um, you know in the in the tournament you know uh, shout out to them hopefully they'll go far 
Hopefully they'll yeah, they actually, yeah, they actually became D1 um, until, well, they were D2 up until the 2009-2010 season, and after that they became D1. And they were pretty good uh, in D2, especially in the early 2000s, three straight uh, D2 tournament appearances from about 2003, 2004, and 2005. And then in 2004, they won the NCAA uh, tournament championship then. So, you know, they, were, they, they have been pretty good. D1, this is their first time getting to that, uh, that uh, tournament in D1. So it's very, very important that we recognize it. And like you said, um, I would have never, if you had told me 10, 15 years ago in 2023 that, you know, Kansas State would be the team that's representing Georgia in the tournament, I would have thought you were crazy. Uh, <laughs> right. Especially if you told me. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if you told me that they were the only team that was going to be. If you said that, oh, you know, they were in the tournament um, and that, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, they were also in the tournament. Okay, I'll be like, okay, cool. But you're saying that Kennesaw State is the only team from Georgia in the tournament. That That's very mind-blowing. But that speaks to how good Kennesaw State has gotten, um, how they've honed in on their talent that they have. And like you said, it's going to open up a lot of doors and opportunities for other players who – are seeking to go be one in basketball and go to a contender and go to go to a team that can compete for a championship or compete to be in the tournament. Uh, that's going to open up a lot of doors for them because, especially here in Georgia, a lot of times that you know you sometimes see that okay, Georgia boys or girls they might want to go far out, you know, to go to a school that might be able to compete. Uh, especially in basketball, uh, like a Duke or UNC, those teams haven't been as good this year as they have been in the past. But um, right. or or yeah, Kansas or Gonzaga, they might want to go there. South Carolina State or uh, not South Carolina State, South Carolina, uh, and women's especially, uh, they might want to go there because they have been known to win championship at the championship and be able to compete. Uh, but now we have more here in Georgia where you can go to um, right up the street you know, your neighbor, you know. A shout-out to, to Kennesaw, and they're playing Xavier um, in the first round on Friday. Xavier is actually the third seed. Kennesaw State is the 14th seed, um, and Xavier lost their tournament um, in the championship, I believe, to Marquette, so at the Big East. So um, we're going to see what, what Kennesaw State can do. I'm definitely going to be watching in, into that, and I'm going to be tuning in. we rooting them on, so. Same here, man. I'm going to be rooting them on, man. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully they can go far in the tournament. And there are two Xavier's in the country, so I'm not trying to be funny when I'm saying this, but you have a PWI Xavier and you have a HBCU Xavier. So they'll be playing, of course, the PWI Xavier uh, in this uh, tournament. So, again, shout out to, to Kennesaw State. And, and I'm going to toot my little horn a little bit right here for the state of Georgia. University of Georgia is 60 miles from downtown Atlanta, and then once you get to Atlanta, you got Georgia Tech. Uh, you got, first of all, you got University of Georgia in Athens, then you got Georgia Tech, then you got Georgia State, you got Clayton State, and then once you get downtown Atlanta, you have Morehouse, Clark, Spelman, uh, now coming up Morris Brown, who used to be there, but now they're back. And then you go right up the road a little bit, about 25 miles, maybe 30 miles outside of Atlanta, and then you got Kennesaw State. So there's a lot of diff- there's a lot of good mixture of, of D1, D2 uh, athletic programs, and there's a lot of great ways to get a, a, a education right there 
in Atlanta and outside of Atlanta. So, you know, uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there uh, for all the listeners that might not know about Kennesaw and where it sits. It sits north of uh, Atlanta. Again, shout out to Kennesaw State Isles. Hey, man, we're going to move right along, man. Something else I didn't see coming, man. Georgia Tech names former NBA player Damon Stoudemire as their new head coach, man. The team announced that they will be parting ways with Josh Pastor, who coached the team, oh, boy, for about seven seasons. Tech only made one tournament appearance in these seven seasons, which came in 2021. The team is hoping to generate more success with Stoudemire, get back to winning ways. Stoudemire played 14 seasons in the NBA with the Raptors, Trailblazers, Grizzlies, and Spurs. And, uh, hey, man, he attended Arizona, University of Arizona for college, and was an All-American one Pac-10 back then, Pac-10 Player of the Year. He also won Rookie of the Year in 1996, man. With that type of resume, what do you think, uh, uh, Jamel? I'm going to start with you first, real quick. Oh, Georgia Tech, ah, they're going to be <laughs> – I think they got they got somebody right here, Damon Stoudemire. You just listed off his resume. Um, and I looked at – actually looked him up just to get a little bit more familiar with him. I mean, this guy was scoring 20 uh, in a given night. You know, he was really helping yeah. the team. He was Lighten with. it up. Uh, yeah, especially in his earlier years. He was averaging 20, 19, 18. Um, and, I mean, you know, so a lot of those – he was doing a lot of things that kind of go overlooked – in the stat sheet, steals, assists. He was also a really great um, uh, defensive player. Like I said, he was he was averaging about half, uh, one and a half steals a game. So you did not want to match up against this guy on defense. So with that being said, he knows all the tools to be successful. Uh, he knows all the tools to be successful as a player, um, and now he's doing it as a coach. He actually won the Ben Job Award in 2020 um, in the WCC Coach of the Year when he was coaching at Pacific. Um, so, you know, he, he, he knows how to, how to win. And I think this is going to be good for the Georgia Tech players because they're getting some type of NBA experience and some experience from a professional who's been at pretty much every level and won at every level and won awards at every level. He has his, got his, uh, his play recognized by important people and, and the fans and everybody knows this guy is something um, something to not really be played with. Uh, like I said, so you don't want to match up against him as a player. don't want to match up against him as a coach either. And I think he's going to bring Georgia Tech a lot of success. They haven't had a lot of – they haven't had success in a while, and it's very important that they turn the tie, so to speak. Um, their last tournament appearance, like I said, came in 2021. But before that, it was 2010, and it was that kind of 11-year period in between that they were just trying to fight back to get there. They were fighting so hard to get there. Um, and they get, finally got there in 2021, but only made, uh, I believe it was the first round. They, they got farther than the first round. Uh, but we're looking at now they have the opportunity, like I said, get some experience from an uh, uh, NBA player, uh, professional, who's won at both levels. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's definitely something to, to look forward to. Hey, man, he's going to bring that intensity that we want to Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech, for about 10 or 15 years span, man, they were they were uh, just a top-ranked basketball pro- program in America. They had, yeah. they had it going on, man. And, um, you know, I, I've seen all, all of that. I, I, I've seen a lot in sports, man. 
Uh, but I've seen all of that develop. I saw it when it was, you know, when it was getting started. I seen it when it was at the meet when they had uh, Lethal Weapon three. Uh, I seen them when you know when they went to the Final Four a couple of years. I mean, all of that man. They had great coaches, but Damon Stoudemire, man, that's what I like about the difference between you and I because of, of our age difference. When you said, "Who is that?" and I was like, and I and I kept it street level because we were not on the air or anything. I said, "He's off the chain." Yeah. <laughs> And then when you did the research, you, I, I know your, I know your eyebrows had to go up like, oh my God, fourteen years, definitely, definitely, Pac-10 player of the year, definitely, definitely. You know, being being a younger kind of sports journalist, um, it's definitely for me. I have to look up a lot of players, especially if they're not talking right. about consistently right. on uh, the ESPNs and the CBS Sports and NBC Sports. They're not talking about consistently on those outlets. Uh, I definitely have to look them up, but I get from, I've gotten familiar with so many people now um, that have yeah. came before me, uh, that have came before me, um, and I just really wish that I could have maybe not been born a little bit, a little bit uh, sooner, but somehow could have seen, you know, <laughs> their okay. – yeah, yeah, somehow, okay. somehow could have seen how good they were um, because it's, yeah. nothing like, it's nothing like watching them in the present. And when I watch – I mean, you know, I grew up watching LeBron. I grew up watching Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. I mean, when I saw them play, I'm like, these are the best people I've ever seen play. And then not even knowing that there was a whole group of people that came before them that kind of set the the standard. Exactly. And then then what I like about our conversation with you and I, you'll say, like like that, you're like, who's David Stoudemire? And the first thing that comes to my mind is off the chain. Yeah. <laughs> so listeners, listeners, I want to tell you when uh, Jamil and I talk, and he doesn't know, and I think he should know the person in sports, but you know, there's, a, there's an age gap there. But when he said, when I say somebody, or he'll ask me who somebody might be in sports, and I'll go off the chain, and he he automatically knows he needs to do some research on the person. Yeah. And that's what Jamil did, man. And thanks, man. Amen. Fourteen years. Straight baller. Yeah. Straight baller, man. That longevity. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. I love it, man. I think he's going to do great wonders over there because of his intensity. And like you just read, man, uh, hey, man, he was coach of the year at his last job. Yeah. You want to bring in a coach like that that's hot, bring him in while he's hot, and um, bring all that good NBA experience with him. And now he knows what to look for. Oh my God, man! Tech might be back on the track. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you look going back to his playing career a little bit. He's only five ten. Uh, you look at the NBA. Yeah, average average point guard six two six three, and sometimes teams even now run big point guards like six 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 seven. So you know we look at the Ben Simmons or even LeBron James, who who's kind of adapted to that point forward position. Um, but he, he was just a pure bona fide point guard scorer, can throw the ball or can uh, pass the ball, can shoot the ball, can finish the ball. So, I mean, you know, he just to be his height, not really the average or the sought-after height for NBA and to, to still dominate at the level that he did was very, very special. Yeah, man. Boy, I, you know, um, just to – 
to hear his name called as head coach, you know, that really fired me up right there. You know, I'm like, okay, they made a great choice, man. And it's great when you see programs trying to really go ahead and try to make the program better with the choices that they make. And you can see it, you know, and I think Tech got this one right this time. The other coach, I, I try not to – on my shows, I really try not to down persons and coaches unless they're like the 49er coach, uh, Jamel, <laughs> who, just, who just finds a way to lose, but I ain't going to go into that tonight. But I'm just saying with programs – that are trying to better themselves. I think Georgia Tech got this one right now. Shout out to the Yellow Jacket and Yellow Jacket Nation. Look at this. We're going to move right along, man. Um, why don't we take a break? Why don't we take a break? And this will be our last break of the evening. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more sports, man. Hey, man, this, it's getting exciting, man. And people are making moves now, man. Oh, man, I love these moves. March and April, people make moves, man. Oh, my God. You got you to gotta be able to keep up, Jamel. <laughs> you can't keep up. I mean, there's so much that's been going on. I'm actually, we're talking about NFL especially. I'm actually following Adam Schefter on Twitter. And those who don't know who Adam Schefter is. I'm holding Adam's hand, man. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to learn what everything is going on. And he's tweeting about 10 minutes. I'm like, what? Every I, can't, I minutes, can't keep up. I, I cannot keep up. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like you got the, the, the football and you're, you're running up the field and you're dodging people and you're faking, trying to get to the goal line. You know, Adam's exactly. standing tweeting like crazy. You got exactly. ACC. <laughs> You got NFL, you got Major League Baseball, NBA. Oh, my God, man. It's fun, man. It's fun to watch this time of the year. Look at, look at this, man. We're going to take a break. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on Never Had It So Good, Sports Media Network and Radio. We'll be right back. When I was in the NFL, I would use towels similar to dry towel, but they were made out of cotton, so they weren't as effective. So what happens is you have to change the towel probably two or three times a game. The absorption rate is greater than any cotton towel you'll ever see on the market. What I love about the dry towel is that it absorbs sweat and moisture so well that you don't really have to change it throughout the course of a game, not three or four like I used to use on the course of a game to keep everything dry and intact. Also, for you guys who wear mouthpieces, little pocket for your mouthpiece so you don't have to stick it in your helmet. You don't have to keep track of it. You know in the course of a game, your hands are going to get dirty. You're going to get dirty. You don't want to put your, your mouthpiece in your hands a whole lot, so it's a nice little pocket. After the play, you put it there. Right before you walk up to the line of scrimmage, you grab it back, bam, it's right there. I used to like to wipe my hands off so I wouldn't fumble the football, um, you know, to make sure my grip was straight. This would have been perfect. Everything is sealed. Everything is right here on my right-hand side, easily accessible. I can grab it, pop it in. I'm done. Final segment of our show tonight. This is Sports Talk Atlanta. I've never had it so good. Sports Media Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis. I'm joined by my co-host, Jamel. We're having a great time tonight. It's March. 
it's beginning to march madness. Everybody don't know what to do with themselves because they call it madness for a reason, Jamel. Yeah, it's definitely madness. And when you have in March Madness, there's every year there's at least one one team that goes on a run, and you'll never even probably never even heard of them. Uh, you right. never suspected anything that they would have done, and then they make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four or something like that. Usually they don't win at all, but exciting to see because like it's, it's really like on in in March Madness you only play one game. You get one shot to advance to that next game. So any given night, the best team in the in the in the bracket could have just had a a, a bad game and then that could right. have opened the door for the team that they're playing, the sixteenth seed or the fifteenth seed or fourteenth seed, to come away with that W. Um that's why I love March Madness so much because it creates that suspicion to where it's like you know who the best teams are and the best players are and the the favorite picks to win it all, but you really never know who exactly is going to take it uh, and win that tournament. So that's why it's just so exciting. Amen. Another thing, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, another thing, you know, one year, do you remember when Florida Atlantic went far? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> That was a, that was that was exciting to me because first of all, Florida Atlantic. Okay, who are they and where are they and do they have a basketball team? Do they have a football team? You know, I'm asking all these questions. Yeah, man, they got in there and like you said, they went on a run, man. I remember one time, um, it was another school, was it um, up there in D.C. Oh God, I forget the name of. They went on a good run. Uh, Wichita State on a good run one year, not too long ago. But that Florida Atlantic, hey, man, Florida, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like for you to Google them while we're on before we get off the show. Florida Atlantic, if it's, they sit in the Gulf of Florida, I think it is. Yeah, they sit in the Gulf, I think it is. If you don't mind, Google that real quick because I, I want to tell you something about their admissions office. You want to, you want me to Google where they're located? Yeah, where they're located. Is Boca Raton, Florida? That's where it is. Bo- Boca Raton. Boca Raton. Boca Raton. They're, 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 the university sits on the beach. Yeah. Are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's really pretty, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, you know how your admissions office is where at your at your school. Yeah, at, I mean. At, at you, Okay, their admissions office is actually on the beach. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, wow. <laughs> well, I'm going, wait a minute, man. I need to take some classes over there just because. <laughs> it feels I mean, like you're going on Lord, vacation. Man. It feels like you're exactly. going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. And then when I did that, man, and I saw them in that tournament, I was like, whoa, whoa. How fun is it to go to school at Florida Atlantic University? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. you, you, you could be hanging with your friends, and after class you'd be like, oh, you know, you want you guys want to go to the beach after class? Okay. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about a couple of steps away from – Everything. 
your dorm, your, your you know, your, the cafe, the, uh, the, 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 again, admissions office is on the beach, sir. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Get... <laughs> that means you make a lot of phone calls. Oh, mom, you got twenty dollars. Dad, you got twenty dollars. <laughs> a lot of times, man. But yeah, man, I just had to throw that one in there, man, because, like you said, man, there's be some team get in there and make a run for it. They might not win it all, but they're gonna scare a lot of people. Definitely. That don't scare a lot of people. Hey, man, we're going to move right along, man. We're almost at the end right here. University of North Carolina declines invitation to the NIT tournament after not being selected to the to participate in March Madness. They became the first preseason number one team to not make it to the postseason. Tar Heels finished 20-13 and 13 after losing to Virginia in the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament. Wow. Wow. Wow, the talent's probably run out over there, and the, the enthusiasm is not there like it used to be. Um, I don't know if it's some of it's coaching. This is just me talking. Some of it's coaching. Um, Tar Heels are always going to be Tar Heels when it comes to basketball, man. They, I mean, you know, they're going to be always fired up, but this year they just didn't have it, man. They just did not have it. Just didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? They, yeah, they didn't. They didn't have it, and I mean. When you're watching them this year, you didn't really sense that fire that they've normally had. It just didn't really right. seem like the same type of UNC team that we normally uh, were used to. And then they declined the NIT tournament. The NIT tournament actually used to be, a long time ago, used to be bigger than the NCAA March Madness tournament that we have now. But over the years, March Madness is in such a big deal, um, and then people kind of stopped paying attention to the NIT tournament. And that's kind of why you had here where – you know, if you get invited to the NIT tournament because it's for, for players or for teams that don't get uh, selected to play in March Madness. So if you get invited, it's all, it's almost like kind of it's kind of like an insult because it's like especially for UNC, a team that's used to making it every year just about, they get invited to the NIT after they don't make the March Madness, the big March Madness tournament. It's like, I mean, I don't we don't really want to go to this. We want to go to – March Madness, we want to get a chance to play for a championship. Uh, and the coach basically just said, you know, he wants to just focus on getting ready for next season, passing the season by, kind of like forgetting it, not forgetting it, but still understanding what they need to do and taking away the keys from this season that they needed to be successful, but they just didn't capitalize on. So that's kind of where he, his head was at. Uh, I like that. I do think some of it was coaching. I just never really saw that. Tar Heels team that we were used to seeing, and they just never really got their stride and their rhythm this year. I feel like they definitely will be back next year. Is another year, and I think we'll we'll see them back here very soon. Hey man, I think the ACC is going to be packed with talent next year, man. With not only uh, athlete talent but coaching talent because you got Damon Stoudemire coming in there, man. Hey man, you yeah. just saw Virginia. Virginia took took the national championship what about two years ago? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And they just beat North Carolina, man, in the, in the quarterfinals. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And it's going to be fun to watch, too. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch, man. Hey, man, we're moving right along, man. We're going to switch gears here. We uh, finished talking about NCAA. Let's go into the NFL and let's talk about your Atlanta Falcons. Man, they make deals with former Patriot tight end Janu Smith. 
former Saints defensive lineman. I can't say it, but I'm going to try. David Onyemata, former Saints linebacker Caden Ellis, and former Saints safety Jesse Bates. They have also re-signed defensive lineman Lorenzo Carter. Ooh-wee. That's all I got to say, Jamel. Ooh-wee. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was really excited to, uh, what the Falcons did this this or at the start of free agency. Free agency actually the the trades and um, all of everything the signings don't go through until tomorrow Wednesday. But the players can negotiate with teams um, starting yesterday. So that's what's been happening. If you've been seeing a bunch of stuff coming through, that's basically what's happening. Everybody's just negotiating and trying to figure out where they're going for next season. Uh, and I was really excited with what the Falcons did. After, well, let me let me say, I've been very upset these past couple of years because we haven't really done anything in free agency. I've been sitting back watching teams get Devontae Adams. I've been watching teams get all these great players and free agency right. and just sign. The, the, I mean, right. last year it was a bunch. Tyreek Hill, um, Odell Beckham still a free agent. I mean, just a bunch of stuff that's just that the Falcons haven't really capitalized on. And I do want to shout out Terry Fonson. I do think he, uh, the new GM, well, he's not new, but I believe this is his third season, the, uh, the G- general manager for us right now. He has came in, and I think he has really, um, he's turning the Falcons around and getting us back to when we were really, really good during the 2010s, I think he's getting us back. It's not going to be the same, obviously, because not the same players. But <clears throat> we're getting – I feel like we're getting back there. And we went 7-10 and 10 this year. Not great, but also it wasn't terrible. A lot of people only expected us to win two games. We A lot of people right. expected us to go, what, 2-15. and 15. So we won seven games, lost 10, and I believe we were 6-2. and at home. We we have what we won a lot of games at home. Uh, it's kind of the away going away is where our problems kind of lie. But I really like what we did. So I'm I'm going to go into the Lamar Jackson thing. When we went out and said that we weren't going to pursue Lamar Jackson, a lot of Atlanta was very disappointed at that. But at the same time, I, I also was very disappointed because I feel like the only way we move on from Desmond, Desmond Ritter is if we do pursue Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson is costing a lot of money. And if you think about it, that's a lot of money that could be going into putting it into the defense or putting it into getting another receiver or a lineman or a defensive lineman, something like that. We went got Jesse Bates from the Bengals, who he's been very good at. He was a second-team All-Pro in 2020. And he just had four interceptions last year, which was a career high. Uh, and he, I believe he's one of the best safeties in the league. Um, not top yeah. five, but top ten uh, for sure. Yeah. And pairing yeah. him with Terrell, A.J. Terrell, it's going to be A.J. Terrell, Jesse Bates, and Casey Hayward, Richie Grant. That's going to be our secondary right now for next season um, un- until the, the Falcons make some more changes to that secondary. But that's going to be the secondary, and I'm very excited to see it. Uh, and I think they're going to continue improving the defense because I've been asking for the Falcons to improve that defense for a long time, and they have not. The defense has been very lackluster, and these, I mean, just it's been not really that good these uh, for a long time. For a long time, the Falcons defense have not been that good. But now it's very, uh, it, it's good. It's getting better, and we're we're putting players into position to to uh, set them up for success. So, hey man, that's good stuff, man. 
being that you brought up Lamar Jackson, and I don't want to stay here. We've got about four minutes and we're going to end it this time. Look at this. The Ravens offered him $133 million at signing. Another $133 million over, what, four years or five years. And then I think another $25 million if he made the roster a roster bonus after year two. Yeah. Jamel. <laughs> and he turned it down. Yeah, he turned it down. <laughs> Come on, man. Because that's going to put that right in there with Sean Watson and Russell Wilson. That's what he wanted. I'm going to say this one time, Jamal. Hey, man, they're going to give you $133 million just to sign your name. Yeah, just to sign. I mean, that. I, I would I sound right now. <laughs> I would <laughs> right, right now, now, man. I'm God. I, oh my God. Oh my God, man. And then on top of that, if you're on the roster, that means they didn't cut you or anything. A roster bonus, man. That roster bonus really hit hit you, man. Ooh, we that roster bonus and anything when it comes to roster bonus. Just for, just for being on the roster, man, they're gonna give you another twenty five million dollars. Yeah, good lord, man, you already made it, so that's <laughs> wow. Hey, man, you might see me outside your house doing back pedals and and not go push ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, I, that that I just had to bring that up, man. I, 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 I don't know who's gonna match that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's gonna match it either. Uh, it's very hard because there's a lot of uh, teams that have already said that they're not going to be pursuing Lamar Jackson just because for the sole reason that he costs too much. And if I'm a player, especially, I don't really care about being. Even if I am the best player at my position, I personally do not care about being the highest paid because the biggest thing, the biggest reason that I'm playing is I want to win a championship. I want to win a championship for myself, the team, my players, my the fans, the city. That's what I'm playing for. And if you're telling me, if we're sitting in a meeting and you're telling me, okay, you're going to pay me 130-something million guaranteed and we're going to basically use the rest of the money to go get me some weapons, some – I mean, we've talked about it all the time where the Ravens do not have – hardly anybody for Lamar to throw to. They have Mark Andrews, who's a very consistent <laughs> live tight end. But they don't have, other than Mark Andrews, they don't have, they hardly have anybody to throw to. They don't have a, a really, a receiver that can, you know, you throw it out there and he can go down there and catch the ball deep. They don't have right. They have Mark right. Andrews, you can get him the ball in 10 to 15 yards and then he can make something happen after that. But, yeah. we, I mean, if you're telling me in, in the free agency meeting, that, okay, we're going to go get you a receiver. We're going to go get you uh, Tyreek Hill. We're going to go get you Odell Beckham. We're going to go get you Stephon Diggs. We're going to go get you one of these players, and we're going to try our hardest to get them. We know he's coming up in free agency or something like that. That's selling me right there, and I I I just wish 
that he would see that and that he would know that because he doesn't have an agent. Also, he's just his own agent, so he's going in there doing that himself. So, right. you know, right. I, I, I don't know. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way with you. We, we got to end the show, but I'm all the way with you. And that's one of the reasons he don't want to go back to Baltimore because he's throwing the people like me. So, exactly. you know, <laughs> you might as well put me at one out. <laughs> but, hey, man, we had another great, exciting show tonight, man. Thanks, Jamel, man, for all your insight. Thanks for everything you've done. I want to thank our interns, Sierra Hereford and Kevin Williams, for, for really boosting the show tonight. You're going to really, really uh, uh, take advantage of this time, and it's going to be really helpful for you guys. And we're going to really uh, give, you guys, give you guys a lot of props. For all of us here at Sports Talk Alliance, everybody, we want you to be safe. Amen. Stay out of the stay out of the way of the others that are evil. Stay out of their way. Be safe on Sports Talk Atlanta. Good night, everybody. Don't worry about who's